This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Let them have it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. on the fan this is my friday it's your thursday it's my friday i am off took a couple of days off from baseball night in new york this week so no show for me today and tomorrow and i'm not going to do the radio show tomorrow either because i'm going to the adam sandler concert tonight at ubs taking my mom to go see sandler i cannot wait to go and then you know there's no way i could have gone gone to the concert and been on afterwards so that's why i took the off day but i'm really looking forward to it kind of uh, taking the weekend off a little bit, an extra couple of days, and, and recharge and come back next week uh, for the full week here. And this is going to be a fun week of football as well, with the Jets and Patriots specifically. Really looking forward to that. And it's not just that the New York football teams have been playing well this year. It's that they have legitimacy to them. The Giants, for certain, are legitimate. I mean, you cannot fake 6-1. and one. And them going on the road to Seattle, not going to be an easy task, but a game that's very winnable. I mean, any game should be winnable for the Giants at this point with the way that they've played. But the Jets are the, the marquee game here because I believe in the Giants right now, especially with the landscape in the NFC, with the Jets, I think they still need to prove it a little bit. This one against New England, home against the Patriots, haven't beat the Pats in seven years. Pats are a mess at quarterback. Mac Jones going to get the start. I think Billy Zappi probably a little bit better, but we'll see what Belichick decides to do with those two throughout the course of the game like you saw on Monday night. But they're coming off a beating at the hands of the Bears. Zach Wilson's got to be able to open this offense up a little bit, throw the football to be able to beat New England, especially without Brees Hall. But this is a statement game for the Jets. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Play should be rocking. The fans should expect a win. I cannot believe the Jets are underdogs. At home against... How is that possible? That's disrespect at the highest level. Off of what the Pats have done this year, I look, I love Belichick and respect them. There's no way you can tell me they should be favorites in this game. Pick them, maybe. 
But either way, Jets got to go out there and prove themselves. This is a huge game for them. 877-337-6666. Albert is calling from Belleville, New Jersey. What's up, Albert? Hey, what's going on, sir? How are you? How are you, Albert? I just want to... Are you good? I just want to call because I'm so sick and tired of these Yankee fans. I'm a Yankee fan since 1977. I'm so sick of these Yankee fans and Bob's delusion. Okay? Because I expect one, just like you. Okay? I expect to us to be in it every year, and I expect to go to the World Series 13 years. 13 years. Because the last time we've been there is sickening. But the amount of money that we pay to see games, and these guys are crying because we're pulling them, that is ridiculous. I, just, I, I don't understand that. They strike out 40 times. Used to they strike out 40 times. Right. Their pitchers, their pitchers, their pitchers were able to pitch. But it's a crapshoot, right? The playoffs are a crapshoot. Well, one team, yeah, they're a crapshoot. When one team strikes out 40 times and the other strikes out however many times they did, but nowhere near 40, yeah, that's a crapshoot. Is is that a crapshoot or is that just you not building the right team? Absolutely. I'm sick and tired of Cashman, Boom, and If Hal had 25% of the heart his father had, he would do what he needed to do to get this team where he needs to be. But see, we got a bunch of babies, and they got no heart, and they're colors. Because if they were saying, we want Houston, well, they got Houston, and they got their butt kicked. Yeah, that they is correct. And that's why they we said it's embarrassing. Yeah, I'm so sick of them. I know I'm going to change their name. I'm going to call them the Stankies. The well, New York Stankies. Oh, that works. I mean, you know, I went with the Bronze Bombers or the Yankees, but you could go with whatever you'd like. Stankies is fine, uh, Stankies is fine with me. Uh, the the issue here, Albert, too, and thank you for the call. I appreciate checking in. And the new nickname suggestion. We're always open for that. It's not every year that you need to go out there and overspend and blow everybody out of the water. I'm not saying that the Yankees need to do that every year. I mean, they used to do that every year. But that's not what we're saying here. Right now, I mean, last year, obviously, but last year's the past. Right now, they do need to do that. To get back to being the New York Yankees, that's what they have to do. Changes need to be made, significant changes. Like I said, it's either got to be, A, with ownership saying, hey, you know what? Let's go overboard here. It's time. We're due. Or B, hey, let's change Cashman and Boone and at least give the fans some hope that the new direction will be able to get them over the hump into the postseason, uh, into the World Series. I mean, the the perception around the league of Cashman and Boone is far greater than what it is in New York. What, you don't think the Yankees could find a general manager, a manager that could get this team with that payroll to the postseason every year? Shouldn't be that difficult. And I'm not trying to take away from Cashman and what he's accomplished because I do think Cashman has been a great general manager. I'm on record of saying that a very well, a long time. Many years I've been a ba- uh, backer of Brian Cashman. Always been a fan of his. Matter of fact, I still am a fan of his. I'm just not a fan of the way he's put together these teams since 2017. And I also think it's just time for a change. A new voice. Boone, to me, is irrelevant in this equation. Everybody wants the manager to get fired. He's not insignificant, but really irrelevant in the conversation. It's not his fault the players didn't do their job. It's not his fault with the players that are brought in here. He didn't build this team. 
Now, is he a good manager? I think he's got to prove that he can be. I don't think he has been. Matter of fact, I thought he was going to improve, but I don't think he showed well in this postseason at all. So that's another area where they could upgrade, but this is not his fault. That's not why the Yankees haven't gotten back to a World Series. Not him. Rob is calling from Brooklyn. What's up, Rob? Hey, Sal. How you doing, brother? How are you, Rob? I'm all right. Um, I, I just want to say something um, outside of the sports we usually talk about. Um, I just want to know, has the show program changed? I'm asking that because... What show program? What do you mean? Your, your show program, because I, I call you. I've been talking to you for years. Mm-hmm. And I call in. Now, I make my time to call in because I know when you're coming on. And I, I've always been able to, whatever the topic was, when calling your producers, answer the phone, what you want to talk about, what's your name, where you're from. And I tell them what I'm going to talk about. And you're like, okay, hold on. And it seems like it's changed, though, because I, I called in early. I started early because I wanted to talk to you at 2 o'clock. Mm-hmm. The guy was on before you. I wanted to talk about the Rangers because last night we spoke. I don't know remember that because I know you talked to a lot of people. Yeah, I remember you made fun of Marco a little bit with the ticket. Right, right, yeah, right, right, yeah. right. And no, I remember. remember you, you said, you know, we're going to talk about but no, I'm not telling you how to run your show. You know, I'm not doing oh, that. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, Rangers, right. Well, I didn't do that today. Yeah. I, I understand it, yeah. but like, you know, but your show has always been, no matter what the topic was, whenever I called in, whatever I was going to talk about, it was like, okay, hold on. And you, Yeah, know, usually. So what would happen, I'll, I'll let you through the exact details. So generally... We're supposed to, I'm supposed to talk about whatever it is that I want to talk about, and then we get calls off of that. Now, you could call and want to talk about the Rangers, but if I'm looking at the board and there's six calls on the Yankees and one on the Rangers, I'm going to continue to roll with that's the Yankees. That's all, that's all I wanted to know. That's all. I, I just so the show hasn't changed. The format hasn't changed. Because that's not how I usually was when I call you. So I'm cool with that. I mean, right? So but like, but but to your point, like, if you call and say I want to talk about the Rangers, there's a chance we're saying, well, we're not talking about the Rangers right now. So why don't you give us a call back when we do? Right, or, and that's yeah. and that's exactly what I did. But yeah. you know, you know, calling your show is hard, especially when it's a big topic because you got to keep calling back, calling back, and then you know, you I've know. heard that from a lot of people. Hector and Doug were saying the same thing the other day that uh, the lines have been busy. I mean, it's oh good. My God. Forget about it, dude. You know how many times I had to call to get on the waiting list? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I appreciate it. I love everybody for listening and calling especially. It's uh, it's fun. So I don't know. It wasn't like that. I'll tell you, a year ago it didn't feel like that. Where, but remember how many times I'd come on and be like, where the hell are the phone calls? I'm not doing well, this anymore. I, I don't know if that was up for me because I've been calling you for years. Now. I've been <laughs> calling you. But I just, okay, thank you for that. You didn't have to explain that to me, but you did. I appreciate and respect that you did that. I just want to get to the Rangers real quick. That's cool. Um, they have to, four in a row, we lost. Um, got shut out. They have to revamp the lines. They have to revamp the defensive lines, the offensive lines. They have to get some traffic in front of the net. They're too fancy on offense. They're not stirring up on defense. And, and a crazy thing right now, just, you know, I'm, I'm hanging up real quick. I think they should take um, uh, Keandre Miller mm-hmm. and put him at forward. I, I think he's he's a decent defensive um, defenseman, but he's not a real defenseman in my mind. Watch him play. I think if they put him on the offense, well, I think they're he not going to the Keandre Miller. That moving him from defense to offense, Rob. I, dude, dude, listen. I know that sounds crazy. That's why I say that yeah. sounds crazy. Yes. The first year he was plus nine. Last year he was tw- plus twenty three. Right now it's not working. 
Yeah, no. I mean, look, it's early on, Rob. It's I early. know this. I'm not panicking. But go yeah. ahead. Don't, no, don't panic. And they had Halak back in there last night. I know they played the Islanders, but with the Yankee news, you know, I, that's why I haven't mentioned the Rangers right, at right. all yet. We did a little bit of the Knicks, but I thought the Rangers. I've been on your show all night since you got on since 2 o'clock. No, so I, I know. And I, and I appreciate checking in, Rob, as you know. It was a rough night uh, on the island for the Rangers, but I wouldn't panic just yet. They have the tools to win the Stanley Cup. It's way early. Let things play out. I thought they played well the last two nights. Unfortunately, one resulted in a uh, an overtime or a shootout loss, right. and the other one they got blanked by the Islanders. It happened. Sorokin's good. I mean, Ilya Sorokin's been good, and he's but, been an issue for the Rangers dating back yeah, to last four year. Four in a row, bro. Four in a row. Eh, that's all right. It's early. Like, yes, our pen gets, it gets late soon. You know what I'm saying? Like, Rob, we're not even in a hockey season I really yet. I understand. I understand, but I, I, I'm nervous right now because – I know they might be having a little little uh, leftover from last year. They played, the, started out season really well, but they have to do something to change it right now because right now they're sucking. And 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 look, Sal, uh, brother, my brother, appreciate you taking my call. All right, Rob, no problem. You get back to us, Rob. As always, yes, I will, always, I'm, I'm always going to message yep. you, bro. Yeah, You're my we, man. We appreciate it, Rob. Thank you for the call. Yeah, I mean, uh, we're obviously talking Yankees here. I don't want to necessarily sandwich in. Fleegs, did you even watch the Rangers-Islanders last night? Now, Fleegs is a big Islanders fan, as you may know. I'm a Rangers fan. Did you watch that game last night? I did. That on one screen, the Knicks on the other. Were you pumped up about Sorokin? I did the same thing, obviously, the two screens with the Knicks and then the Rangers. Were you pumped up about Sorokin? I was. Like, listen, I'm not sold on the Islanders this year. I hate the way they handled pretty much everything in the offseason, but Islanders-Rangers... We care about it. It's the one true rivalry in New York sports. It's ridiculous that there's... That's it. That's it for the Islanders and Rangers at UBS this year. Terrible. We'll get two more games at the Garden, and then in 2023, maybe see you in October again. It's nonsense the way the NHL does this, but yeah, I get into those Islanders-Rangers games. So I hope- it's always awesome to see. Shutting out the blue shirts. I mean, the- Boomer had more appearances on TV yeah, than see- the Rangers had goals. I know. I noticed that. Even my mom was texting me, oh, Boomer's there. Did you see that? And I was like, yeah, yeah, explain, you know, or I guess they explained it on TV, so that's how my mom knew. Boomer's there. Now, you think he was rooting for the Rangers? Deep down, he had to be, of right? Course- and you saw he wasn't sitting with Sidney and Winnie. He was sitting up in the Of course he was. Ro- and listen, well, he, he wasn't wearing any Rangers, Rangers. But he probably wasn't, like, obnoxiously cheering or anything right. like that. He wasn't wearing any Rangers stuff, but... You know, did Boomer walk out happy that the Islanders won three nothing? I'm going to guess no. I was looking for Geo. I didn't see Geo sitting next to him. I don't know who that was. Did they say who it was sitting next to him? I was watching the game on mute. They did not know. Oh, okay, yeah, that was pretty nice. I Boomer was going back and forth with the sound, but as soon as I saw him, I obviously turned the sound on to hear what Kenny was saying about Boomer. Yeah, look, it's a it, Rangers Islanders is a big game, and it sucks that there's only two more left to Fleek's point, and both of them will be before the. Uh, end of the calendar year, which is just, I can't believe that the Rangers and Islanders are going to wrap up their play before that. By the way, before we move on to the uh, more Yankee calls here, 877-337-6666, I went and bought tickets for Islanders-Oilers Wednesday night before Thanksgiving. And the reason why I bring it up is because earlier in the week we were talking about the ticket conversation, how they're ridiculously priced. The Islanders are not. And I don't know if it was just that game or if it's the Islander tickets in general, but a seat four rows off the boards, four rows off the glass, was like one fifty six, And that was resale value, where some of the Ticketmaster prices were higher in worse seats. So the resale actually wasn't bad. I jumped on uh, on them because I want to get down by the ice there to have my nephew you know, potentially yell at uh, Connor McDavid and see him up close. So that's the whole point. I want to take him to see McDavid, who's his favorite player outside of, you know, the Rangers, of course. 
So I thought that was a perfect night. But how about that, Fleece? A buck fifty. I think it was a buck, maybe like a buck fifty-six each, with fees and everything. Four rows off the ice. Um, I'm trying to think of where it is. It's not center ice, but it's kind of it, it's not behind the net. It's you know on one of the face-off circles around there. Um, four rows off the ice, a buck sixty roughly for the Oilers the night before Thanksgiving, which apparently I guess is a big deal that night. I wonder if maybe like our tickets cheap because that's the big night where everybody goes out. If you're young, if you're single, you go out with you know, yeah, drinking. Right. So maybe the, I don't know if the demand is not as big, or you would think maybe people are home there with family and they get a chance to you know go see the game with relatives who you don't see much. I, I don't know. I don't know either. either. I never way, thought- we we talked about the problem was. You know, the high prices for bad tickets for these games, it's not unwillingness to spend money if you're getting good seats. So, yeah, fourth row off the ice, you're willing to put out a couple of bucks to go because the experience is worth it. You're not willing to spend 150 160 sit upstairs, bucks yeah. to sit in the nosebleeds. Or even though some of these newer arenas don't have bad seats still, you're not going to put up that much money to sit that far. No, away. that's like an $80 seat or whatever, or definitely under 100 In comparison, and the reason why I think it's a big night, A, because it's Connor McDavid, right? So my nephew's not going to be the only nine-year-old or whatever who wants to go see Connor McDavid. I'm sure kids want to see McDavid play. He's a superstar in the league. But last year, the Islanders had that game scheduled against the Rangers on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. This year, it's the Oilers. So I was like, man, maybe there's something to it. And also, the ticket prices in comparison to when McDavid plays at the Garden on that Saturday... Saturday at one o'clock, dude. It's like three hundred bucks. Well, for forget. A- I mean, listen, the Rangers are always going to have higher ticket prices. Then you add in the fact that it's a Saturday. I mean, forget it. I guess around the holidays too. I don't. But there are plenty of seats available. But th- that's the point. I right, guess even that- people might have to work Wednesday before and you know, Thanksgiving. They have busy plans. Maybe they're traveling, or maybe they just don't have time to go to a game after working. Then got to get up early for Thanksgiving. That's Saturday. Everybody in the world who doesn't work at a sports radio station is off. <laughs> so yeah, people are going to be. That's the day when everybody wants to go to a game. Yeah, I wonder what that. I wonder if it is that case, or if the tickets will start to go up as we get closer to it. Who knows? Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Hector is calling from the Bronx. What's up, Hector? Hey, Sal, how you doing tonight? How are you, Hector? Um, I'm all right, man. Hey, as a Yankees fan, I couldn't agree with you more. Matter of fact, it's an understatement. It's beyond embarrassment. I'm ashamed. I'm disgusted. And it's, it's you know, I look at the lineup in the postseason, two, only two guys are batting over 200. They're like 0.68, 1 point. It's disgusting. And we can't go to war with that kind of a team. I understand we had injuries, but it's not an excuse. Everybody, every team has injuries. And I put a, a blame on, on Boone, and here's why. Um, I think Boone, they say, oh, he got us to the postseason. Every manager would have got that team to the postseason. It's decision-making. Your decision-making when it's crunch time and in tight games and in playoff situations is where it was when it shows your incompetence as a manager. Like taking out um, Wandy Peralta with, in the ninth inning to put in Schmidt, who's been awful, awful for a month, and you don't bring in a closer, which you should have left Peralta in anyway. Plus, his lineup configurations are horrible. And if you notice, every player on, under his watch has regressed since he became a manager. Everybody, except for Boone. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, except for uh, Judge, every player has regressed. The, the issues that I have, Hector, are with the way Boone makes the decisions. You talk about Clark Schmidt and why he used him in that spot. Why he used him in that spot was because the Yankees 
data department or analytics department gives him that data, and they say, this is the lane where you want this guy in. You want Trevino here to face this part of the order. You want Clark Schmidt right. to face this part of the order. So Boone goes based on that. That's stupid. That's, that's not how baseball right. works. And that's even more a point to the fact that we don't, want, we don't need a puppet. We need a, a manager that has gut feelings and, and knows how to manage from the gut. This guy doesn't. It's obviously not that. working for him. Right. And we need change, man. And like, Anything for him. I mean, it's horrible, man. Have a good night, Sal. Oh, uh, you too, I'm Hector. and embarrassing. You're right. You're yeah, right. well, I appreciate that, Hector. Thank you for the call. Uh, look, Boone seems like a nice dude. All kidding aside. I feel like he seems like a nice guy, and I don't blame him for the Yankees' failures. But it is time for a change with this Yankee team. And I don't love the way that he applies the data. I'd rather have a manager. And at least see what, what could happen here. Now, who that guy is, I don't know. I mean, the Yankees missed an opportunity to hire Buck Showalter. Bruce Bochy, uh, Bruce Bochy just got hired by the Rangers. And Joe Madden, you want to get him back? I mean, he's uh, maybe a, a little bit of a tweener there where a guy who could be an older manager but also use the analytics. Maybe he's the guy. I mean, what are, what are we looking at? They need, and, and to me it's more important to change the general manager and the overall philosophy than anything else. What's up, Mel? Mel is in Union Beach. Hey, Sal. I'm a great show tonight. Thanks, Mel. How are you? So I agree with you, but I disagree with you. So I agree with you 100% about the Yankees needing to get rid of Cashman's got to go. Organizational philosophy has got to change. It's the same thing every single year, and we just keep doing it every single year. Right, it's not working. You got right. You got to change them. So I agree with you on that a hundred and ten percent. And I think that's why Yankee fans are more mad than even the law. I think we're mad about. There's no accountability. There's no. I think how if you ask how this season was a booming success, club, and that's the problem. He doesn't. I don't know if he cares if they win a World Series. I think he just cares about making the playoffs and being happy and having the. The crowd full, and that's it. That's what he cares about. That's his main objective. We don't care about a World Series. He doesn't, to me, I don't know if it's true, but that's my opinion on what I'm mad about. More than even the loss of the Astros, because I thought the Astros were a better team going in. I didn't expect a sweep. But I'm mad that there's no – Cashman should have been fired the next day. God, done. We're done with this. We're scrapping the patty. We're going to try something new with a new voice. New philosophy in the organization. That's what I'm mad about. Right. Well, that's the point. Why wouldn't they? I don't understand. He's been here forever. The results haven't been there. It's just, it's it's not even a knock on Cashman. It could be a very peaceful right. thing. Look, we've had him here forever. We've had great success. We feel as an organization, it's just time to go in a different direction. That's it. I agree 100%. The only thing I disagree with you a little bit on, I think the playoffs are a little bit of a crapshoot now, just because you look at, like, if I told you at the All Star break this year, Philly's going to be in the World Series. We'd all laugh. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got a 111 win team getting knocked out in the first round. Two 101 win teams. Now, I think it's harder now. Like, I don't know how you build the team, to be honest. I don't understand. Like, you get lucky. Like, look at the Phillies with Roy Hoskins. They want him. I work in sometimes. I listen to them. Your phone's breaking up there on me, Mel. I'm sorry. You're getting a little uh, bad zone right there. But the Phillies with Hoskins. Look, the Phillies did build a legitimate team really the last couple of years. Matter of fact, if anything, 
I always thought that they were underachieving and underperforming with Joe Girardi. I thought for years they'd be better. I was picking the Phillies to win the division probably since 2019. Obviously, it didn't work out, and they still haven't won a division, but they did win the National League. Nick is calling from Westchester. What's up, Nick? Yeah, uh, Sal, I'm 78. I'm old school. If you just bear with me a little bit. Uh, in 1952, we got our first TV. I was eight years old. So I've seen every World Series since then. Okay? The commentators, uh, the sportscasters, and the fans are all clueless. They all have been talking about Boone, the bullpen, the pitching. The, it was the hitting that lost the game. Instead of losing 4-2, 3-2, 5 nothing, and 6-5, they should have won 10-2, 10-3, 10-4, 10-5. Right. They had no hits, not even regular hits, let alone clutch hits. That's where they lost. And you had the Yes Network, the TBS Network, I can't believe these guys are making all this money, these sportscasters. And uh, the uh, MLB network, and Harold Reynolds is usually pretty good. He's showing the picture of the uh, hits in the outfield that nobody could field and said those were three games the Yankees lost. They didn't lose on that. They lost because they couldn't get hits to drive in runs. It was simple. It's simple. And nobody, you know who talked about it? Steve Torrey on Well, I mean, you're not listening. You're not. You're not listening to the fan. I mean, that's all we've talked about. So I can't speak for other shows, but I guarantee you that every other show mentioned the Yankees have lost because of their hitting. I know I did, and I've been doing it five hours, three hours, however long I've been on. It's all about the hitting on SNY, a show called Baseball Night in New York. Maybe you're not familiar with it, but you should check it out. Six o'clock on SNY. Yeah, I'm we, not. No, I'm not familiar. Yeah, with well, that. you should check it out because I heard the host is really good. It's six o'clock on SNY, Baseball Night in New York. They talk about both the Mets and the Yankees, and the main topics there have been the Yankees' offense. So you're you're looking in the wrong places. I mean. I know I've said it here. No, I know others have said no, it here. They've been talking about pitching. Even you guys no. tonight, I've listened for the last hour. You're talking about the pitch. No. Pitching, pitching had nothing to do with losing. No, I'm not talking about Those the pitching. Where it's, certain people are talking about certain moves with Aaron Boone. That's where they were referencing the pitching. We know anybody that watches Nick knows that the Yankees lost because of their offense. So I'm not sure where you're getting that from. You need to expand. Like oh, I said, watch sure. SNY. You should watch SNY and Baseball Night New York and then listen more often here. And I guarantee you, you will hear the right take on these things, not somebody that's blaming the pitching for the uh, Yankees' I, struggles. I didn't hear every program. You know, I can't hear every right. program. No, you get to look but, in the right places, though. Maybe you're looking in the wrong places. Yeah. I tell you one thing: if George Steinbrenner was alive, the heads would be rolling. Not Cashman and Boone, the players on the team. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, they I mean, were, look. They, they, it, 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 look, you it, see it, how it, all of them were trying to hit the long ball. You may. Well, that's the point. It's a, it's the philosophy, Nick. And thank you for the call. It's the philosophy. All or nothing type hitters, guys that can walk, guys that'll strike out but hit homers. I mean, I hate the, well, if George was alive thing, because you don't know where we'd be had he still been alive as far as what he would have done in past years. So forget about that. But the clear difference is the Yankees used to operate like they were to win at all costs. Now they don't do that. 
Steve is calling from Corona, Queens. What's up, Steve? How you doing, Sal? First time calling in, so thank you for taking my call. Thanks for making it, uh, Steve. Good to have you aboard. Thank you. Uh, one thing I want to talk about, one, the last guy who just called, George Steinbrenner, we got to stop bringing that up. The guy's been yeah. passed away almost 12 years ago now, like enough with that. Jeez, has it been but that long? One, yeah, it really has. Isn't that, isn't that nuts? Uh, but Aaron Boone, the one thing, I've, I'm not the common Yankee fan that's like calling for his job, one. I think what he does lack is a sense of urgency. Like, if we go back to July after the All-Star break and they played in Houston to start to the second half, I thought it was, one, a little crazy that he wasn't starting his best players out the gate because you want to beat that team. That's the team that's been giving you trouble the last couple of seasons, and he's had a trouble with beating them overall. At least Girardi got us to game seven against them. Right now, he regressed. He just got swept by them, and even more embarrassing, he got swept at his own home field. So... I think the Yankees do need a change at manager. Uh, I don't know who. Everybody's always saying Donnie Baseball, like he's going to bring a ring. He never even got a ring here as a player. So let's be real about that. Uh, and he never really did anything in Miami. All he did was just take the Marlins to the playoffs in the 2020 Fugazi season. So uh, I just think uh, they do need a change at, at the front offense as well. Uh, but, I mean, man, uh, I, I really think they need a guy that can really – you know, let them know, like, hey, you know, we're the Yankees. We got to win these ball games, and it was very prevalent in Game One against the Astros. He was bringing out Frankie Montes. Who I mean, they gave up. Pitch. Think about it, Stephen. You're exactly right, and thank you for the call. Good to have you aboard. We appreciate it. Get back to us. Think about it. They gave up Game One in the American League Championship Series. They treated that like an exhibition game or a first game of a three-game series in August. What? How are you managing like that? Keeping Clark Schmidt in there, going with Frankie Montas. Yeah, you know what? Let's see what Montas has. What? Let's see what Montas has in game one on the road in a tight game in the postseason. You're going to see what he has now? What the hell? But that could also be, you know, you could blame Brian Cashman for putting Montas on the roster. Or trading for him, period. Because he stinks. Okay. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. Go for it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. I mean, you know, we started the show talking about the Yankees yet again and all the issues that they have, not only getting swept away by the Astros and the ALCS, but of course now the toxicity around this team, all the negativity that's surrounding the Yankees, and they're complaining about it as per the article from Andy Martino of SNY.TV. And when I saw my next guest live and in person in SNY studios just a few hours ago, he came through the door on fire about his beloved Yankees. So I thought, why not have JJ back on the fan to discuss these Yankees? JJ, as always, a pleasure to have you on. Well, the pleasure is all mine, Sal. It's an honor and a privilege. And uh, I guess it's my fault. And it's the Yankee fans' fault. You know, they got swept four straight games by the Astros. It's my fault that Josh Donaldson took strike three right down the middle. I mean, any Yankee fan who read Andy's story from earlier today that wasn't, like, enraged, that doesn't have, like, all sorts of anger and hostility and everything known to man is just certifiably insane, and maybe they're as tone deaf as the owner. I don't know. Maybe they just thought. And it continues to get worse. I mean, that's the thing. And, you know, you know, I could joke around about it and, and poke fun of the Yankees, but the reality is – the organization, A, has not operated like the Yankees that I grew up hating in a very long time, and B, they couldn't be more tone deaf. It should infuriate you. They had an embarrassing four-game series against the Astros. And, Sal, when we did baseball night in New York, what was it, a week ago, a week and a half ago, I told you I liked the Astros in the series. I thought they were the better team. The Yankees had to show me that they could go and play and, dare I say, beat the Astros. Not only did they lose, not only did they get swept, it was so glaring. It was so obvious. The gap across the board, not just on the field, off the field as well, between the Astros and the Yankees. Where are the Yankees better? Honest question. They're not better in the front office. They're certainly not better in the dugout. They're not better on the field. And what the Yankees are running out there is a stale product. It has been the same jargon, the same mumbo-jumbo after every single one of these years. I mean, how many times do I need to hear these exit pressers? It's such nonsense. This was the perfect time to say, you know what? We need to start anew. We need a clean slate. We need new faces in here. But you knew it and I knew it. They weren't firing Brian Cashman because the owner doesn't have the hoods for to do it. And, and if they're going to keep Brian Cashman, then he's keeping beloved Darren Boone. It's yeah. a joke, dude. I, I, and I've said this to a couple of people. I've said it to my Yankee friend buddies and whatnot. This is as down as I have ever been on the franchise. And I was a Brian Cashman guy. I have never sat in my years of being a Yankee fan been this down on the team. You know, I thought Cashman, I was always a Cashman guy too. And, and by the way, you can still be a Cashman guy, but also think 
it's time for a change. And I thought it was time for a change after last season. So I certainly think it's long overdue for a change in vision. I mean, this this has run its course here with these guys. But Hal said yesterday that Boone's going to be back, which would make you think that Cashman's going to be back. Like you said, they've done nothing to make you think that they're going to change it anytime soon. So then it becomes, well, why are the results going to change? Why should we believe that the Yankees are going to be any better next year with the same guys running things? Precisely. Like, I laughed. Um, you saw that post cover a couple of days ago. It's got, like, Verlander, Correa, Diaz, Judge. Like, a- anybody who thinks the Yankees are going to go and spend $500 million this offseason is nuts. They don't act that way. They have not acted like the Yankees in a long, long time. And, you know, I think when it boils down to itself, I think the Yankee hierarchy, the Yankee ownership group, is very content with the season ahead. Because for them, they had good crowds all year. They had packed crowds in September because of the Aaron Judge home run chase. They had technically four home games in the division series. If you want to count that rain out, they had the two early, the rain out, then the next game, and then they play a couple in the ALCS. I think Hal Steinbrenner views that as a successful season. I think he wants to win. I think he would prefer to win. But do I think it burns inside of him the way it did his father? No, nowhere close. And listen, His father wasn't perfect. Like, let's be clear about this. I grew up in the golden age of George Steinbrenner doing the conga line with Derek Jeter (laughs) and the Yankees winning four out of five championships. George was also banned from baseball. Howie Spira, Dave Winfield, how to leave the organization for Gene Michael and Buck Schultz to quit it out and Bernie to play, Jeter to play, and Andy Pettit to play, and on and on we go. So George was not perfect. But you knew as a Yankee fan, he wanted it as much as you did. This owner does not. Make no mistake, does not. We're talking with John Jastrzemski, host of New York, New York on Ringer and Spotify. You could also see him on SNY with me on Baseball Night in New York and, of course, Geico Sports Night each night at 11 o'clock. If they moved on from Boone, which they're not going to do, and kept Cashman, would you be okay with that? No. And a year ago, Sal, I would have because I looked at last year's failure fall more on Aaron Boone than I did Brian Cashman. But I guess you could say I have seen the light because Brian Cashman's failures this year were embarrassing. The IKF Donaldson fiasco, and that's exactly what it was, a fiasco, the way they handled that KF, Donaldson basically getting immunity all year, Donaldson stinking up the joint in the playoffs, their lack of a plan at shortstop. To me, Sal, that signaled we don't have a clue, period, End of conversation. We don't have a clue. I am not an Aaron Boone fan. I think he's so far in over his head. I mean, the mistakes he makes in postseason games are comical. Like, let's put it this way, Sal. I've never in my years of watching the Yankees in the postseason felt good about Aaron Boone as opposed to, like, the other manager he's gone against. You know what I mean? Like, when he goes up against a really good manager, I don't expect good results unless they're playing the AL Central, which is basically a Bible in the New York Yankees. But <laughs> right. that's a story for a different day. The point being is this. I don't think Aaron Boone is good as his job. I thought he should have been fired last year. Cashman, I gave the benefit of the doubt to, and I was wrong about that because his offseason stunk, his plan stunk, and, oh, by the way, he doubled down on this manager, which to me puts him at fault too. And, again, Brian Cashman's had a great run with the Yankees. I'm not trying to trash his career, but what I am looking at is the last few years, the team has not gotten better. The team has gotten worse. They've taken steps back. They're not closer. They're further away than where they were in 2017 as far as trying to be a championship contender. And when you add all that up and you're in Yankee land, you haven't won a World Series. 
in 13 years and you got one in 20 years, hey, guess what? It's time for a new face. It's time for a new voice. And how about the idea that you and other Yankee fans or myself and people in the media, whatever, are being overly negative and not appreciating how hard it is to win 99 games and win the division or how hard it is to make the postseason nearly every year? I mean, I get it to a certain extent, but... This is the Yankees. They're the ones who talk about being the greatest franchise ever, 27 world championships, the gold standard. You know I've been joking calling them the bronze bombers, but is there anything to the idea of we're being a little overly critical and maybe having unreal expectations to expect World Series or bust from this Yankee team? They haven't won a championship in 13 years, Sal. For anybody who is going to say that you and I or the Yankee fan is being unfair, the Yankees as a franchise, are going through one of their worst title droughts in the history of the franchise. And I get it. You compare that to other organizations. I'm a Dolphin fan. You know that. They haven't won a Super Bowl in 40-plus years. I'm sorry. It's a different standard. It's the Yankees. And if guys don't like getting booed, they play better. Bottom line, anybody who went to those two Astro games, what, what, what do you think? They're getting standing ovations? This is not St. Louis. This is not Kansas City. you got to put up or shut up. Hey, Derek Jeter got booed. Mariano Rivera, who is the greatest closer in the history of baseball, after 2004, 05 starting the year, blew a couple of saves against the Red Sox, they booed him out of the building. Did, did they complain about it? No. They rose above it. And they ended up becoming the conquering heroes that they are. A-Rod got booed for 10 years. He hit no 9 he still gets booed after the fact. These Yankees, to have the audacity that it's the fans' fault, Give me a break. And I don't think the guys are dumb enough to honestly believe that, but I do think some of them are way too sensitive. And for what it's worth, Sal, I'd love to know who those guys were because I don't want them on my team anymore. It's as simple as that. If that's your mentality, then get the hell out. I will say that I thought it was a little harsh booing Judge off of this year. I mean, I look, I'm always for you boo a player if they don't perform. I don't care if it's opening day and John Carl Stanton goes 0 for 5. I don't care, uh, you know, if a guy has a couple, you know, has 25 homers or whatever and you want to boo him because he didn't get the job done in the big spot. Whatever it may be, I'm always for fans voicing their opinion, positive or negative. However, I did think it was a little ridiculous to boo Aaron Judge off of this historic year. The guy had 62 homers, tough to boom. Now, I know he had a rough postseason, but it was like the first sign that things went wrong. They booed Aaron Judge. How would you feel? A, did you boo Judge when you were there? Or B, how would you feel about it? I did not. Now, the Cleveland series, I think, got blown out of proportion. Because I was at every single Yankee home playoff game except for the uh, elimination game on Sunday. Because, you know, Two and the Dolphins were taking priority and they were getting the big screen, but that's a story for a different day. Um, game two was like a smattering. Like nobody in my section, maybe it was like a couple of knuckleheads who had way too much to drink. The Astros series, I was there for game three. Sal, I didn't care who the Yankee was. If they struck out, they were getting booed. Like every single guy up and down the lineup because people were just so angry and they were so ticked off. And the team was doing absolutely nothing. I'm with you. Like the Cleveland game, I looked up. I'm like, who are these schmucks? booing Aaron Judge. How stupid can you be to go and boo Aaron Judge after 62 home runs in the Astros series? Listen, I, I thought anything was... I did not boo him myself, but it was basically fair game. If you wanted to boo a Yankee, be my guest. The team was so playing so poorly. It was so lifeless. Get your money's worth at that point. We're talking with John Jastrzemski. You know the voice from years here at The Fan and, of course, now host of New York, New York on Ringer and Spotify, the podcast. And you can see him regularly with yours truly on SNY, whether it's on Baseball Night in New York or Geico Sports Night. All right, so I think I know where you stand on this, but we did see a miserable postseason from Aaron Judge. 
Where do you stand on wanting the Yanks to bring him back? And, you know, we should mention now that the Giants apparently will not be outbid. The Dodgers potentially interested on Aaron Judge. Where do you view where you want Judge as far as the Yankees to pursue him? And do you think he's back in pinstripes? I still think he's back. The Yankees need him. And I think to some extent, Sal, his brand kind of needs the Yankees. Like, he's a great baseball player. Don't get me wrong. If he goes to San Francisco or Los Angeles, well, the Mets, like, he's still going to be a star. But I think that brand being synonymous with the Yankees and the 62 home runs and a Yankee for life and the idea of being captain of the team, like, I think a lot of that stuff matters to Aaron Judge. I think the Yankees are going to have to pony up. I think the Yankees are going to have to pay him. The bottom line is, I feel like the Yankees. Now, I know history tells us. We were talking about this the other day in the newsroom. Reliever contracts long-term. Don't work out. Big time, eight, nine, ten-year contracts, historically speaking, don't work out. Now, the Harper contract is looking good in Philadelphia. He was much younger. The Machado contract in San Diego, looking really good. Again, he was much younger. I don't think Andrew is getting ten years, but I think the Yankees are going to have to pay him a gazillion dollars. And you know what? I feel like the Yankees. He is your franchise player. He is your MVP. He is basically the only homegrown guy from this baby bomber group. That has amounted to anything. Let's be honest. Everybody else flamed out, for goodness sakes. I think the Yankees have no choice, and I think Judge wants to be back. I think it will be ugly. I think you'll be scared. I think there will be like 10 zillion different reports between now and whenever he signs. It won't be a fun process, but ultimately, I think Aaron Judge will be a Yankee. I do think he wants to be back. However, I just don't have faith. See, here's the dilemma. I believe there's going to be another team that's going to offer more money, whether it's the Dodgers, Giants, who knows? I mean, most likely signs would be pointing to the Giants, let's say. I do believe there will be another team that will offer more money. And even though Judge maybe wants to be a Yankee, is it going to be enough? And then to what point did the Yankees go? If they were willing to disrespect him, which I thought was a disrespectful offer myself, 213 before the year started, if he's going to get 350 or 375, do you think Cashman, Steinbrenner, they're going to go up that high to near $400 million for a player that they valued at 213 before the year? Could you imagine the optics, Sal? If Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone are back, and Aaron Judge is not. Oh, baby, no, just, I can't. Just think about that for a minute. You think I'm angry now. You think the Yankee <laughs> fan is angry now. Imagine Cashman Boone back for 2023, and Aaron Judge is playing right field for the San Francisco Giants next year. I, I can't imagine what the Yankee fan is going to be saying. That's why when it push comes to shove, you may be right. I just can't see how the Yankees can be denied here. Like, I don't know what the winning strategy is going to be you flamed out in the postseason, and now you're going to let your best player walk, and then you're going to try and sell me on you being a better team next year? Go walk. Let me see how that goes. Well, so that's the next question. Let's assume Judge comes back. Right, even if he walks, it's going to be, I mean, it is going to be a nightmare for the New York Yankees and their fans. It's, there's no question about that. Well, good or bad. I mean, you can still build the team, but I don't have any faith that they would with the guys there, but the public will just rip them apart if they lose Aaron Judge. But let's just assume Judge comes back. What are you doing to get this team better to where they can try to start closing the gap with the Houston Astros? It's a great question because normally you'd say, go and make big splashes in free agency, whether that's a guy like Xander Bogarts and say, oh, I'm going to put Xander Bogarts at third base and I'm going to take away one of the Red Sox best players. 
Are the Yankees going to go and give 350 or 400 million to Judge and another 150, 200 million to, to Xander Bogarts? Probably not. But like, that's what they need to do. If they think they're running the same team back, they're going to get the same rotten results. And I got news for you, Sal. It's not a given next year if they run the same team back, they're winning the AL East. Toronto is going to spend money. The Baltimore Orioles are on the rise. They're a young and up-and-coming team that is ascending. They are not descending. The Red Sox are an every-other-year type of team, so I would assume that 2023 will end up being a good year for the Boston Red Sox. And Tampa is smarter than the Yankees. So, like, the idea that the Yankees are going to be arrogant enough to say, oh, well, we'll bring Anthony Rizzo back, who I like, and they better bring him back because he's a winning player. Well, I'm going to bring Aaron Judge back. Uh, you know, maybe we'll make a couple of tweaks here and there, and here we go. We got a World, World Series champion on our hands. No, you don't. No, you don't, because we've seen it over the last couple of years. I know a lot of people are going to look at pitching. They're going to say, oh, you got to go make a run at Verlander. We talked about it the other day on Baseball Night in New York. Oh, go make a run at Edwin Diaz, even though she's not leaving a mess. The biggest problem for the Yankees for the last five years and why they don't win in the postseason, they don't hit. Bottom line, point blank, they don't hit. So. I would look to add more offense to this team where they weren't good enough. Look at the bottom of that order, Sal. Was the bottom of that order good enough to go and win a World Series this year? The answer is no. They were not. Honestly, so it's, it's, it's shocking they were good enough to win a division, quite frankly. Well, let's be honest. They played unbelievable out of their minds baseball for three months, and the second half of the year, that was the team you saw in the postseason. And you're talking about Jose Trevino, who I know you love. And look, how can you not love him? Was an all-star in the first half, but he got exposed as the season went on. Carpenter, I know he got hurt, but this is a guy they got off the scrap heap. These are two key contributors to why the Yankees were so good. And, you know, you mentioned it, too. Two things. Number one, you look at the baby bombers. One of Cashman's biggest faults was sticking with Gary Sanchez way too long. Sticking with Clay Torres, moving him to short, now back to second. He has been a bust. You look at some of the guys who were supposed to be the stars of this team. They turned out to be bust. Why would I have faith? And let's assume that they can maybe move on from Glaber Torres in some trade, which, by the way, you're not going to get anything great back from at this point anyway. But why do I have faith that Peraza, Cabrera, Dominguez, are these guys, you know, Volpe, are these guys a certainty with the Yankees, with the way that they've handled their prospects and developed them in recent years? I mean, I can't look at it that way. Now, I do think the Yankees are going to look to go young in the middle infield. Like, I think their infield dream next year is that they have Peraza, shortstop. When they at third base is coming back, and I like DJ, but the reality is the last two years, the guy's just completely hobbled, and he's not the guy he was in 2019 and 2020 when he was a hit machine. He was one of the best players in the American League. But I think when Mayu's at third, they've got to get Donaldson off the team. I don't care what it takes. I don't care if they've got to eat the money. Donaldson's got to go. I mean, Donaldson popping up 3-1, smiling like an absolute clown. Don't let the door hit you on the way out, and then take strike three right down the middle. You want to keep Icaf as a utility player, fine. He's not an everyday shortstop. But I think, Sal, they're going to go young at shortstop and at second base, and they better be right. Well, what would you do? That's, so you'd move on from Glaber? They better be right. you move on from Glaber? Yeah, I, I would. Because you have to change the team. And if you're going to change the team, there's only a few places you can do it. Like, do you want to say goodbye to a guy like Anthony Rizzo? I don't. I think he's too important. I, I think he's one of the few guys on this team that actually – knows the thing or two about winning. 
Like, I, I can't lose a guy like that. And what that. about I, Stanton? I'm, I'm with you. That's why I bring it up. It's got to be those guys because, they, I mean, whether they dump Donaldson or not, they're stuck with him under contract. They have LeMayu under contract. Connor Falefa is here, so third base should be pretty much covered. You figure Peraz is going to get a run at short. They have Cabrera. they got to find a spot for him potentially. I mean, maybe, you know, like you said, Volpe, they can move some of these guys around. Torres is probably going to be one of the odd men out, and they were down on him this year. Anyway, what about Stanton? I mean, those are the two guys I look at, Stanton and Torres potentially, that would change the look or the core of this team significantly. Well, here's the problem with Stanton. Full no trade. And I don't think he wants to go anywhere. I, I think there's only one place John Carlos Stanton would accept the trade to. It's Los Angeles. I don't think John Carlos Stanton is a guy that if you tell him, oh, you go to San Francisco, you go here, you go there. No, 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 no. He likes being a Yankee. And Sal, I like him as a Yankee. As frustrating as he is, the injuries, the inability to play a field, we talk about guys who hit in the postseason, mm-hmm. guys who don't hit in the postseason. You know what Stanton's done the last three years? He hits in the postseason. He wasn't great in the Astros series, but you know what? At least he has game-wrecking moments. At least he has had swings that have changed the outcome of games. That's a guy I'm okay with. i, I got to be honest. i got no problem with Stanton. And I was – Sal, you know this. I was not the biggest Stanton fan. He won me over because he hit big spots. Yeah. There's something to be said for that. I like his accountability and his attitude. I just feel like that move to me – was where this baby Bombers group went wrong and Cashman messed up. I know he was available for basically nothing, but it's redundant. They had Aaron Judge. They didn't need John Carl Stanton. They could have went out and got Manny Machado or Bryce Harper. They chose Stanton instead, and while he's been accountable, while he has been you know, clutch at, at many moments in postseasons for the Yankees, he's also been inconsistent and unreliable throughout the course of a regular season or even throughout the course of a postseason series, depending on what year it may be. And it's just, to me, again, more redundancy with what the Yankees already have. I mean, it, maybe if you lose Judge, of course, Stanton's going to be your power guy. But to have them both, and look, you want to bring him back, fine. But then how are you changing, to the point before, how are you changing the team significantly? Significantly. Where, where are they changing to close the gap? The young guys are going to be those uh, the difference makers? I think that's what they're banking on. And to me, I'd look at third base. That's what I would do. Because somebody like Correa or Bogart shifting over to third base could be a difference maker. But mark my words, the Yankees are not signing either one of those guys. Sal, I got news for you. I think it's going to be a very quiet winner for the Yankees. Outside of Judge, I don't think they're doing a whole lot. Good feel? I, I don't. And don't be surprised when... We're having this conversation next year when the Yankees get bounced from the postseason. Oh, what needs to change? It's, just, it's the same same script over and over again. Well, at least there's one team in this town that spends big. Uh, we'll see. You're going to you're gonna have to spend big between your guys right now. Because if you want to keep that team back together, that's like a $300 million payroll. For I'm ready for it, Stevie Cohen. Bring back DeGrom, Diaz, go get Trey Turner, trade for Otani. So I mean, you're, you're not ready for Texas Ranger Jacob DeGrom. Uh, you know what? Honestly, if DeGrom leaves, I would understand it because I think it's tough to you know commit to him big money long term. But I do know this, and this is what's so weird, and we'll close with this. For years, your whole life, my you know, life basically growing up, the Yankees overspent. They went out there and blew everybody away with their payroll. The Mets obviously didn't do enough, certainly since 2009. And I never had faith that the Mets were going to do what it took to win. And I always believed that regardless of result, the Yankees you knew were going to do whatever it takes to win. Now that's not the case. It's kind of flipped around. Yes, the Yankees have sustained success, and the Mets have a long way to go to get there. But I know. Steve Cohen is going to spend money and try to build the best team he possibly can. I don't know that about the Yankees anymore. I think that's totally fair. I think you've seen that with Cohen the last two years. Lindor, 
Scherzer, other moves that were made. I think he will be aggressive uh, if you lose. That's the thing. Normally in Metland, like the DeGrom thing would be devastating. Now, it's going to bother you, don't get me wrong, but if the Mets lose DeGrom, they will pivot and do something else. Maybe it's Trey Turner. Maybe it's Carlos Rodon. Maybe it's somebody that we're not talking about right about now. They will act. I don't know about the team in the Bronx, and that's scary. And that says it all. I mean, we have reached a different point here in New York baseball. All right, JJ, we appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on. We'll do it again soon. Maybe next year we'll get pumped up for a little Yankee baseball. I like the sound of that. Uh, Not really. But uh, (laughs) next year I hope that I will see you at the fourth annual JJI. Oh, that's right. I totally forgot. Your big event tomorrow. I know. God, I I still make time for you, though. It shows you. You're still high in the pecking order. You got the golf outing tomorrow, the charity event. Actually, tomorrow, I say tomorrow, later on today, it's going to be out there. Yeah, I would have gone, but I'm going to the Adam Sandler concert, and I know you do a great job out there. And have You got Zeal playing. Who else is out there with you? Well, Beninga will be there. McEnany will be there. Well, Presti will be there. Kevin Clark. We got some heavy hitters. Heavy hitters. I mean, listen, I'm not one of them, but I'm out there. I do look forward to to taking part in that next year. All right, he is John Jastrzemski. You know him from years here at The Fan, host of New York, New York on The Ringer and Spotify with his podcast. And you see him regularly on SNY alongside me on Baseball Night in New York and, of course, on Geico Sports Night. Thanks, JJ. Good luck with the event later on today. Appreciate it. Anytime, buddy. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.